Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and we have another very interesting episode today. We're talking about All the Light We Cannot See, which is a Netflix miniseries that came out near the end of 2023. Uh, the main character is blind. It's based on a book. And also very exciting is that the actor that plays the blind character also has a visual impairment. So we're going to dive into this. But before we do, I want to introduce my co-hosts today, Acacia and Ginny. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hi, nice to be here again. All right. So why don't you remind our listeners who you are, your level of vision? Uh, so hi, I'm Acacia. I have ocular cutaneous albinism. So I have low vision. I have trouble seeing distance, detail. Um, especially when there's glare or low contrast. I'm Ginny. I was born fully blind. Okay, so Acacia, this was your idea. Uh, you pitched this idea that we should talk about this. So do you want to, maybe, why? Why did you want to talk about this today? Yeah, um, well, I think that representation is super important in, like, mainstream media, representation of people with disabilities. Um both for for us to be able to see ourselves as these really cool characters, but also for the public to be able to see that, you know, people with disabilities can do all of these cool things. And I was just so excited about this series coming out. And I watched it and I'm like, wow, this is just such a great character, such a great story. Um, and that's not a super common thing. So I thought it would be a really great thing to talk about. Absolutely. I'm curious if uh, both of you have read the book and watched the miniseries. Um, I started reading the book a couple years ago, and then I didn't finish it, but I really want to finish it, and it's it's on my list. Okay. What about you, I is Yeah, I as well um, was recommended the book by actually my art teacher, who was like, you're blind here. Um, there's this book. You should read it. So, and, like, I just kind of thought it was, like, how, like, you know, when someone sees, like, a blind person or person of color, they recommend, like, the things that, you know, mm -hmm. like, that will suit them. So, I did, like, start it, but then I was, like, you know, I didn't really finish it. I just kind of thought it was one of those similar things. Um, I do want to go back and finish it because my whole thing, well, like Akisha said, too, is, like, um... I like to like study books and that also can span to media about like representation of characters and representation of like accurate um, portrayals. So it'd be cool to go back and see that and then kind of look at it from the comparison with the movie mm -hmm. or not the movie, the uh, miniseries. Yeah. I, I did read the book as well a few years ago and I, I like the book. I like the miniseries better, which doesn't usually happen. Usually mm -hmm. you, the book is usually better, but <laughs> I don't, it's interesting. You both didn't finish it. And I kind of found, I didn't get into it. 
It didn't yeah. grip me quite as much as other books have. So maybe, maybe part of it. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can delve into what it was about it that like, do you think that the blind character wasn't realistic in the book or. Hmm. I, I like, I think part of it was just that I was listening to it on audiobook and I have a hard time doing that sometimes while I'm not like doing other things as well. So it had nothing to do with the, the book and just like my mm -hmm. attention span. Okay. Um, but I mean, like the book definitely moved a bit slower, but I have it, I have it in paper copy now and I'm going to try again. Right. Yeah. yeah. For me, I think it was also maybe the time I was reading it, which I think you can read it if you're in high school, but I think for me, like I was having a hard time reading um, certain books over others. I also kind of like, the way it was described to me by this particular teacher was like, oh, it's like a romance -y type of vibe. Like, mm. you know, there's a lot of that. And I was like, oh, blind person. Like, I just, uh, my head did not, it went, you know, to, oh, this is just the same, like, blind girl gets yeah. rescued, damsel in distress. Right. So I I guess that's why, I mean, I, I, I would like to start from the beginning and read it again now that I've watched the series. But, um. I think that I would um, like the series better, even though I, I haven't read the book. I just think that the series, because it's more contemporary and because there was more consultation and more work on it, will probably grip me a bit better, which is also a little bit strange for me because typically I'm very much like, the book is always better. <laughs> yeah. Does, maybe we should explain the plot a little bit. I should add a spoiler alert at the beginning. If you have not watched it in full, do not listen to this episode until you have. Sure. So the uh, miniseries focuses on a young blind woman by the name of Marie. Um, so she and her father, Daniel, are living in Merlot. Um, and what is happening is that there is World War uh, II is in progress. So um, this book and miniseries also holds a lot of political and cultural um, significance um, with that. So part of it is also that they are trying to um, kind of escape um, certain cities, like escaping Paris. The story shifts to a orphan child who is when we also see is a young man and he is um taken by the um germans to help them with radios so they find out that he is like really really good at fixing radios finding radios and they kind of um take him to be used for that um it all kind of shifts between those two stories and then at the end um, or close to the end, um, we also have Marie's uncle, Etienne, um, who is quite involved in, like, you know, um, passing codes, um, trying to move things along, and we also see his history. So at the end, we see um, the young man and Etienne kind of meet each other in a way. I don't really want to spoil it too much of how that happens and what is going on in that part of the uh, series. But um, that young man is then 
having to go to where Marie is by herself in a home, which you'll see how that uh, ends up. It just shifts between um, a few years and then a years ahead. So you'll see. Um, and then has to sort of support and help her out of danger. And then you see how that story comes together. I think mm-hmm. you sort of find out too that um, like the uncle, like, cause they're part of this resistance. Um, yeah. He uses the radio and then Marie winds up taking over the radio to read out mm-hmm. all these codes. So um, a bunch of people are looking for her yeah. because she's like reading out these codes that are stopping them from getting bombed, I think. Um, yeah. So that's what sort of connects them all. Yeah. And then, um, what was I going to say? Like the, uh, no one knew it was the uncle as well. Um, but everyone, or especially like a lot of the young people were very super much, they called him the professor. Um, they were very much like, who is this person? Like, we love it. Um, and then you find out that the uncle was the professor right before he's about to, unfortunately, um, be, be killed. It's interesting. Marie's father worked for a museum and part of his job was to help kind of smuggle some of the art and jewelry and different things out of the country so that it couldn't be stolen by the Nazis. So he also has this really the the biggest, most valuable diamond, um, but it's apparently cursed. So this is something he has in his possession and the Nazis are trying to find it, which is kind of, it's all focused around that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who touches this diamond is cursed. And this is relevant to our discussion because the, there's sort of the implication that because he has touched this diamond and has it in his possession, his daughter is blind. Yeah. Did you guys kind of get that? Yeah. And people say to her, like, he did this to you. Like, he cursed yeah. you. And she's just kind of like, what? Yeah. Like, it's not a, it's not uh, yeah. a curse. Yeah. And like I think she even wants to see it. Um so we see several parts of like especially like when you have flashbacks in the show there's like parts where she's like let me see it and he kind of I think he kind of carries some of that guilt as well because um he would say something and she'd be like I hear it in your voice you're not being super truthful as to why mm-hmm. um I can't see it. And I think he even says like oh it's not real it's not real but then we see this like kind of guilt um kind of creeping in i'm not sure if either of you picked that up as well yeah i think it wasn't clear because he sort of acted like it he didn't think it was a negative or a curse like her father yes yeah and yet there was like the tone that she mm -hmm. picked up from him he still didn't want her to touch it yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't know i kind of i kind of um interpreted that a little bit as like that she could like just so Let's say you're blind and you're mm-hmm. happy and fulfilled in your life and you don't feel like you're cursed, but then you touch the diamond and now bad things start happening to you, right? Like it could mm-hmm. also, yeah, it's interesting. So did he think that touching it caused her blindness? Did he see mm-hmm. that as a curse mm-hmm. initially, but now he's accepted it? I don't know. <laughs> Too bad we can't ask him. <laughs> so how do you feel that blindness was portrayed though? Because there's sort of this... Mm. You know, maybe it was seen as a curse on the surface, but I don't I don't think that people treated her like she was cursed yeah. or at a deficit, right? I think for me, there was parts I loved and there was like those little things that I was like, <laughs> like, I think like the curse thing, I was like you said, like, you can't really tell, but I just kind of noticed those both 
both of those things. I think given the time period and the political tensions that were happening, it was really, really good to see a blind character who was kind of helping and not even just helping, but doing tasks that people think blind people can't do, right? Like when there's danger, when there's physical tasks um, and stuff, sometimes people think we can't do them. So I remember like in the one episode, um, uh, one of the characters, Murray was like, well, you can't really like watch the ships. You can't really do this. And um, uh, one of the other characters was like, well, she can go deliver messages. She can go do this. Like she was still put in that position of power and that you're still going to help us. Um, You know, you're not going to just sit there and like be, be coddled. Um, Mm -hmm. Same with like when the, it's hard because I don't want to spoil, but so at one point the door um, to where Marie is, I guess, living, um, is is destroyed. And, you know, typically those, like, tasks of, like, locks and, like, those big, like, physical tasks, right? Um, people think that we often can't do them. But um, I think, yeah, I think it was the uncle. He was like, you need to fix this uh, lock. You need to come here and bolt it this way and this way and this way. And I'm about to leave. Like, very much not coddled mm-hmm. um and i like that even like <laughs> the end like she has a revolver mm-hmm. um and you see you see like you know the character being like well, you can't use a revolver and she's like ah my uncle taught me to so that i'm going to um and that like you would never see that you know i like i'm pretty sure there's not a lot of blind people or very impaired people who go into places where like physical things like that you know well are happening because it's 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 a liability risk right so we also see that and then we also see her using her disability as a advantage now um like of course like sometimes you know there's that whole thing of like you're a superhero but that part where she's reading the braille page to the nazis and reads it as um yeah twenty thousand leagues under the sea i was like that's brilliant um right like just using your disability as a way to kind of get through such a time was was really like i don't want to use the word inspiring but i'm going to use it inspiring to me and there was like little instances where i was like "Mm, that's not as accurate or Ooh, that's a bit weird but we can get into those later i want to hear what acacia and you have to say as well like obviously i'm not fully blind so i can't really say like how accurate i thought it was but i thought it was really cool not that there's anything like you know obviously it's cool to see blind superheroes in media but i think there's either someone who has a disability in media is either either portrayed as like someone you're supposed to feel sorry for or as like this person that has all these crazy superpowers and you don't see a lot of you know people that are just um regular people you know like she's a she she's a regular person that's in a crazy situation and has learned to adapt to that crazy situation Mm -hmm. and is you know Mm -hmm. using what she has to do what she needs to do um i guess it was a more realistic take on Mm -hmm someone who has a disability that's just doing all this cool stuff like you don't have to have a superpower to kind of like quote-unquote make up for your disability or whatever like she's in these crazy situations and she's you know doing everything she can to get through it and she's pulling her weight and just generally being awesome so 
mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah. I I think that um yeah, I mean she's like skilled and smart and uses her brain and also her physical, you know, if if like when she had to like push something in front of the door and like she's just yeah. doing what she has to do to survive and the fact that she's blind is kind of like it's it's there but it's not oh the poor defenseless blind person in the corner crawled up just waiting until they come and get her right like she's fighting back in any way that she can she's using her blindness um in a way of like people didn't suspect her i feel like they wouldn't have suspected her initially as you know helping to get messages across or even sitting on the bench and taking the notes and then mm-hmm. pretending it's something else that she's reading her homework like just really smart so mm-hmm. that was cool so there was one thing that i found unrealistic uh <laughs> and it's a silly thing yeah mine I, are small silly silly things too so. so at one point she's walking in her bare feet down the sidewalk which i just think is dangerous <laughs> <laughs> When you can't see where you're stepping and there's been a war and broken glass and all the things, I'm like, oh, geez, you're going to cut, you're going to shred your feet. Like, and probably she didn't have shoes or something, but (laughs) that just seemed like, oh man, really? Would that happen? I mean, I guess it might have to happen. If you have to, I mean, if I have to, I might have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like if you don't got shoes, you might have to, you might have to sacrifice your feet. Like, (laughs) shut it. I'd put something on my feet though. I because <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be socks somewhere in that house at least. Right? Like, yeah, right. Like, or strap some cardboard to your feet, like tape it. I don't know, something. Like that just seemed like and if you're blind and you know you can't see where you're stepping, wouldn't you do something to protect your feet? That was just my only <laughs> thought. Okay, I guess which, that's what the cane's for. I think at one point she didn't she didn't have her cane though. Yeah, there was some. I think sometimes because at one point she also did say, "Oh, I'll take my cane. It's faster." And I was like, "Don't you want to take it all the time?" <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I think it would be faster in all situations, but uh-huh. you 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 decide. <laughs> so, what are your small things? What else did you see that was maybe not accurate? Okay, I understand that we don't have super hearing. But that sometimes our hearing is just a little bit good, like that, that we rely on it a bit more, and that's fine. And I, I I know what they meant by this, you know, by maybe putting this in. But I feel like at some points, like the adults would kind of be like, like at one point, one of the characters is like, "Oh, I've taken my medicine," and Marie's like, "No, you haven't," and she's like, "Yes, I have." And then Marie's like, shaking the bottle and like putting it down is not taking your medicine. Like I have good hearing, and I was like, "Okay, yes, yeah, like, but." I wouldn't say it like that. I would just say uh, you shook the bottle and you put it like you can just tell like it's not because we have like better hearing or whatever. Mm. Like we can just tell, I guess. And like, I understand what they were trying to do there or like just like it's. I know that this was a little bit of humor and satire when the father's like, we're in a five star hotel. And she's like, you know, I can hear the chickens, right? Like, I get that was a joke, but I'm like. Yeah, and the earth, and the you where you're sitting. Like, I, mm. I get it. I get that they were joking, but I don't know something about that. Or like when one of the characters is like, "Oh, the ocean that you see out of the window," and then Marie goes, 
but I can't see the ocean out of the window. No, that's, it's a word. We're just using the word as like, we see, you know, the ocean's out the window. Like, my response mm. to that would be, oh, there's the ocean out there? Cool. I don't know, like, just little, mm. little, little things. <laughs> Interesting, because I liked the the reference to the medicine um, because I I know I would totally be able to tell if somebody just picked up the yes, bottle and put it back too. down versus open it, take one out, take it. close it, put it back down. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool way of of sort of showing how we can pick up on something that people wouldn't expect, like they wouldn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you say that, I'm like, but would a sighted person think to fake taking their medicine around us by picking it up and putting it back down? Like, yeah, that too. Like, I, I would notice it, but I don't think I would say, like, I would just say, I would just say, oh, um, I'm like, you just, you just picked it up and put it down. Like, I wouldn't be like, my hearing, like, my right. hearing's good. Like, I don't know. There was just like some little, little things that I was like, hmm. <laughs> it's just, just not like, you know, how would maybe I'd say it. I get what they were going for it, though. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Acacia, was there anything you noticed that was like, eh, I don't think that's accurate? I'm not really. I mean, I again, like, I don't have quite the same experience, but there, except for a couple scenes where I was like, wait, why doesn't she have her cane? Like, there's no reason <laughs> not to have your cane in this situation. But anyway. Yeah, and, and watching her, like, could you see, you know, the way she was feeling around for things or the way she was moving? Did it seem, I mean, she is visually impaired, the actor, so I feel like, but then I also, you know, when you're familiar with a space, you wouldn't necessarily, like if somebody watched me in my house, some of the time I wouldn't look blind because the way I move around is. I was going to say that because right? the description kept saying like she kept, which is good. Like she trails, but yeah. like I wouldn't touch everything all the time as much as I guess she does in the show. Right. But Akisha, maybe it was like not, because the description described it as like a, you know, oh, she like finds it with the back of her hand maybe she's just reaching out so maybe akisha i don't know if you saw visually anything like that or was it more like a big like i'm trailing it like i would like a wall or rope type of situation i'm trying to think back like um like it wasn't like you know overly exaggerated looking Mm. for stuff or anything i'm trying to think i actually can't remember um well that's good because it probably would stand then it probably wasn't (laughs) yeah if it was a you know over the top you would remember yeah yeah, it didn't seem, I'm trying to think from, like, how I've seen, like, at different Blind Beginnings events and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see it and be like, whoa, what's going on there? But <laughs> then again, like, I don't I don't totally know what would be the normal amount, so. Yeah. And it's so dependent I, yeah. on, like, the size of a space and what That's space. True. And, you know, like, if you're in a, I feel like in a smaller space, there's less need to feel around because you're closer to everything anyway and you can't get disoriented as easily as a big space so i'm curious also as well speaking of spaces and hearing and all that too what did you guys think about the part where so we have that young boy in the parlor and we have the one of the german people going down the stairs and marie goes um, he's halfway down the steps. I recognize every sound. I don't know how I remember these quotes, but I remember the sound of every step. Like, I was like, okay. Like, it's kind of cool that, like, okay, yeah, of course, you can tell someone's going down the steps or when they've hit a landing. But mm-hmm. I was curious how you guys kind of thought about about that when she was 
like kind of narrating it so well of like, oh, you've hit like this step now or he's he's reached here. It did look like quite an old staircase. Like it seemed like it could have like, you know, like the whole house was like not just old timey, but like a little bit run down. So it seemed like it could have like creaks or like, yeah. I'm not sure what else would make a different noise, but like, um, like it wasn't like a straight up staircase that you'd see. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. And I can tell in my house, which is like 40 years old. Um, you know, I can hear my son when he gets up cause the floors, the floor in his room makes a different noise than in my off. Like, so I can kind of tell where someone is moving around above me uh and definitely when you're aware of the creaks you know when you're trying to sneak around sneak up or down (laughs) the stairs to not wake somebody up or to not whatever you do learn so I I do believe that she probably Mm. could tell yeah I must live in a really good house yeah I feel like if it's newer (laughs) if it's concrete or you know there'd be less of that yeah interesting yeah, I was, I was like very, I was like, oh, that's quite, I found it fascinating, but I was very also curious to hear, hear your thoughts on that as well. I mean, I don't want to like overanalyze things mm-hmm. to death, but I'm also wondering about the fact that she was educated, she could read Braille, like, did she go to a school for the blind before the war? <laughs> like, does so the I timing... that too as well, because a lot of women, like, there was also, you know, women at that time, right? Again, mm-hmm. the political and the um, gender differences were, were way different back then. So I actually wondered that too. I was like, first of all, they're letting, like, you know, other women do things. But then they're also letting Marie, who was mm-hmm. a disabled woman. Like, I also kind of did question that. Yeah. About. I was like, it's cool. Yeah, but I I, yeah. I was like I wanted to see some of that like inner or outer kind of like tension as well like what was happening. It seemed like her father did like at least the O and M part of it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like he that built model. like this big tactile map of the city and like you know walked her around it and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it seemed like they were relatively well off before the war because if he had like a good job in a museum, so. I don't know if that helps at all. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. And the whole sculpting, carving out all of the buildings to to teach her, like creating a miniature neighborhood for her to memorize, I thought it was super cool. Me too. Yeah. I don't know if when you're walking down the street, I mean, like knowing... I'm just curious if that translates when you're on the sidewalk and stuff, but I guess it depends how close together the buildings are and yeah, you know, I think it does sometimes. Yeah. So I think the model was a bit, I mean, I can't see it, but I, the way it was described, it sounded a bit more 3d than like, cause when you're walking Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk, like things aren't as like, you're actually on it. So you can't really like feel around it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm, it sounded like it was more like a 3D model. Yeah. I think it was like little wooden houses kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the fact that the actor is blind in real life. And because that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think of lots of times when there's a blind character that is played by someone who is pretending to be blind. So in this case, this actor has a visual impairment uh very like that's pretty cool right 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's super cool. Um, I mean, obviously, like things are just going to be that much more authentic mm-hmm. right away when you have someone who's actually um, who's actually blind or visually impaired doing it. And it's also cool because there's so many talented, like disabled actors out there. And I think like like she did just as good a job as any like, you know, already famous actor would have done and probably better. Mm-hmm. Like and yeah. it's so cool that, you know, you're able to showcase that. Um and that there are acting opportunities out there now. Yeah. I I think I definitely agree with Akisha. Um, you want to make your story that much stronger. You would want to use the character that really does fit that role. Um, and I think we see a lot of this conversation happening with like um, POC characters, um, like so many other like minorities as well, right? that um, disability should not be any less. Um, Yeah, okay, maybe it may take more time, a different way of approaching things. But then my whole thing would be like, then why are we kind of producing a show with a character, um, let's say who is blind, if we're not actually going to kind of support them in, you know, real life as well. Um, Also, a lot of, you know, like employment for people who are disabled is like a big thing as well. Um, so this also not only like makes things more authentic, but provides actual employment as well in a role that um, they would be like good at and can that they um, were like really suited in. Uh, I think like along with that too, it, it allows you to have, not only authentic representation, but consultants as well, because let's say, you know, you're doing your best, but then that person who has a disability can be like, I think, you know, this is how I would do it. Or I think this is how um, the character would do it. I think that also, you know, not only provides like, again, stronger representation, but it just makes your own show your own work better um and like reaches a wider audience like i think like sometimes the benefit isn't just to the disabled person like it also is helping you so you should want to definitely do that as well even like in this um series like the logo or not the logo sorry the title sequence i found really cool because there was the braille that faded into print Mm. um and just some, like those little, little things I found extremely cool because I'm like, that's, that's not, you don't usually see that or like mm-hmm. with a cane. Um, typically, you know, it's, it's the way it was described in the show was like, there was a loop, you know, the string on one end and like the tip on the other. I was like, wow, that's really accurate. It just makes me believe the story even more. Yeah, definitely. And it was, does anybody know her name? Her real name? I think it's Aria Mia Liberty, but I might be saying that wrong. And I don't think that she'd ever acted before this, which is crazy because she did like such a good job. Like, oh, really? Wow. But like, yeah, on the Netflix, it says newcomer. And it was the first time ever that uh, an actor with a guide dog was on the red carpet at the Golden Globes recently. So I thought that was fantastic. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations to her. I think it's so cool, too, for, like, I'm sure there's a lot of, like, you know, young, blind and visually impaired kids who are, like, Mm -hmm. you know, dreaming of becoming actors to see someone like them doing that, too. Like, I'm sure that not just the character, but to see, like, you know, people in, like, 
mainstream Netflix series like doing that. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. Sets a precedent and it opens the gates a little bit as well. Can you guys think of other shows that have had characters who are blind or partially sighted played by <laughs> folks who are also blind or partially sighted? Um, I didn't watch, like, I haven't watched the entirety of This Is Us, but my mom watched it and I watched oh, yes. part of it with her. But um, mm. I know two characters have a son who's blind and you see him as a toddler and then also as like a successful adult later. But they have like this whole sequence where they're kind of teaching him. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but like to navigate their neighborhood and like to mm-hmm. navigate his room and they have all his stuff set up in a way that he can, you know, like get dressed for school and he can find his way to the park. And it was like just a super sweet yes. thing. And then you see him become this like big successful singer i'm not sure how accurate any of that was but i think it is um it, yeah i loved that i loved this is us because i felt like i was watching my life in on tv <laughs> like you know they're going to this place where to connect with other families with blind children and <laughs> <laughs> learning how to support their children it was just so cool and yeah i think the little boy is blind um when he's like five years old and the adult is also blind in real life so that was pretty great i can't i'm trying to think which is i don't i think it's kind of sad that i can't think of any other shows really or things that i've seen like i can't either there was a movie it was okay um i'm not sure how relevant this would be to everyone else but there was a punjabi movie that i watched that had a blind character in it and I thought it was really well represented, especially since the Punjabi culture really um, sometimes struggles with um, representing disability, um, other minorities. Yes, she got her sight back um, at the end of the movie. But and yes, it was like this whole like, you know, romance thing. But when she was blind, just like she had a job, she worked at a coffee shop. Um, she walked home by herself. No one really helped her. She used her cane. Um, she was expected to do tasks and I, I just, and I remember watching that when I was eight or nine and mm. I thought that was the coolest thing ever, but I've never like seen anything else. And yeah, that movie might not be like as relevant to our audience, but I just thought it was really cool. I don't know. I've seen like shows where people go blind, but that's obviously not the same. Like in like, yeah, you know, like Game of Thrones, a character briefly loses her vision and then later uses that to her advantage but that's not Mm -hmm. really like yeah same yeah i don't know i feel like Like, that shouldn't be the only thing that i've seen but i i don't know it is i what about little house on the prairie oh love that yep i think there was also yes yeah it was like the clock to tell her where her food is the clock method which is like oh your food um like 12 o'clock mm-hmm. three o'clock which i thought was really cool um there are other shows that i've watched with blind characters the reason i'm not mentioning them is because i just didn't think they were good portrayals but i'm sure we'll get into that well, oh yeah we well are. i've seen i've seen bad portrayals but oh, yeah we can talk about that i just don't know any good ones <laughs> yeah. yeah i i remember what about did you have you guys seen the movie mask no okay it's from like the 80s somebody mentioned it to me recently no it's it's a (laughs) movie about a um a young man who has a condition that um caused his face to be disfigured uh i can't i don't 
elephant man syndrome. I think it it's like, I don't know if it's actually called that. That's sort of the slang. Maybe I'm not sure, but, um, and he meets this girl who's blind and she of course can't see his face. So she, you know, she likes mm -hmm. him and yeah, that's kind of the story. It's kind of the romance. And then of course she yeah. has to feel his face at some point because ah, you just ruined it. You just ruined it. <laughs> that always has to happen. I'm sure she's not actually blind, but she rode horses and she was beautiful. And you know, she's just like, he liked her and didn't, you know, regardless of the blindness. And mm. uh, he tries to teach her colors by using like something really cold and saying this is blue and mm -hmm. something really hot and saying that's what red looks like and and gives yeah. her like a pillow and says that's what clouds look like so yeah he it's it, i liked it i think <laughs> i didn't really understand or know much about blindness when i watched it i was a teenager and so to me it seemed realistic maybe but mm. yeah probably wasn't i i just want to say at that one scene in um the miniseries where both the uh, Marie and her father have their eyes closed and they're hearing the sound of the birds. I got a little nervous I, I, when she put her hand out to make sure his eyes were closed. And then when mm. all, that's all she did, I was like, thank goodness. Yes. I thought, <laughs> I thought Marie was about to feel his face. <laughs> yes. We don't do that. In case we need to clarify that for anybody listening, we don't do that. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know where that comes from, why that's always a thing in the media. I got a little nervous and then I was so relieved. Yes. What about any um, incorrect portrayals in shows that you guys have seen? I'm curious to know what shows those are and why you thought they were incorrect. Um, I was just going to say in, I think it's the Lego movie, which first of all, I love the Lego movie. The Lego movie is so much fun. However, <laughs> there is a wizard who is blind and it is the comic relief of the movie. And he is just, there's all these ridiculous scenes where he is like somewhere completely different that, than he thinks he is. And he's getting into Aww. all this trouble and it's just so unrealistic. And it's like such like cheap laughs. And I'm like, I really don't want kids seeing this and thinking that mm. that is yeah. what blind people are like, because otherwise it's such a fun movie. But I'm just like, really? Can yeah. You to do that. I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's something I wouldn't like either. Like, yes, it's for cheap laughs, but also we got to like think about where that comes from, right? Like the the history behind it. Where does that where does that those stereotypes and those things start? And our kids then learning that like that's okay to laugh at, that's funny. You mm -hmm. know, what if they meet a peer in their class? Uh, yeah, I can see that. Any other ones? I know that we talked about this in one of our earliest Limitless episodes way mm -hmm. back, like under 10, I feel like it's like in, <laughs> in the single digits. And we did go into detail about lots of different movies mm -hmm. um, and shows with blind characters and kind of analyze them. So feel free to go Check back and out. listen to those. Yeah, um, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head now because <laughs> it's been a while. But when you, what you just said, Jenny, made me think of like... Yeah, that, that is why it's important to have actual, like, true representation, right? Because then there aren't going to be stereotypes perpetuated. It's sort of, it's going to be more realistic. And then people are learning about blindness through that, through the media, 
and it's accurate rather than like this whole for my entire life. I don't know how many times new people have asked if I want to feel their face. I'm like, <laughs> like, where did that come from? Exactly. And then it, it keeps being perpetuated over and over and over. And then we never get past that. Right. So. Exactly. Oh, I think there's something to the people seeing other people being rude and arrogant to uh, blind people on screen sort of and seeing like, oh, that feels icky. And sort of hopefully that can make people sort of recognize that in themselves. Yeah. Because I know I've yeah. had people say like such rude things to me, which and I don't think they know that they're rude. And I don't think they know that they're being that obnoxious a lot of the time. But I think seeing seeing that portrayed on screen and seeing like, oh, what you're saying is really out of line here. Yeah. I think that can help people to sort of get their head around that a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of like, you know, they always say, don't punch down, make sure you punch up in mm-hmm. comedy and things like that. Like that's also what that what that reminded me of. So mm-hmm. this like, I don't know if either of you have watched, one is the show Pretty Little Liars and one is the movie Bird Box. Either of you watched any of those? No, I haven't seen either. I have not, no. Okay, so in Bird Box, I mean, I won't really give the premise of the show, but basically, it's there's there's demons, and if you look at them, you are possessed. So everyone's basically wearing like blindfolds, uh-huh. or like have to keep their eyes closed the whole time. But and it stars Sandra Bullock. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Oh, I have seen that. I think I have yes. seen that. Yes. So things were all fine. I really liked the overall thing, like the blind, the school for the blind at the end was really really cool. However, like, I'm like, how long did it take for these people to pick up a cane? Um, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't, like, <laughs> pick up a cane. I-, I loved, you know, seeing a little bit of the echolocation representation. But just some things, I was like, that's not, I don't know. There was just, they, like, tie rope to things, which I guess, you know what, if you, di- if you didn't know what you were doing, maybe that's what would you would do. Mm-hmm. But just how long it took them to like pick up a cane um they drive also they paint uh, the windows black they put newspaper on them and they drive and they use a gps and um of course the streets are deserted but they there's like maybe you know some bodies or cars but i'm like that's not i get it this is apocalyptic world but this would not occur this would not no no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, not- I remember thinking that too. Like, okay, blind people have been around forever. You clearly must know some of the things that we do that yeah. you could adopt here, right? This, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing was, so that movie sparked um, the Bird Box Challenge. So the Bird Box Challenge was basically um, right. YouTubers, people <clears throat> in, in social media would video themselves blindfolded and do simple tasks to see if they you know would survive in this world and i thought that was absolutely not okay because there's a diff you know when people put on a blindfold and like do a task it's not the same as doing it when you're blind because you have that training you have that practice it's something Mm -hmm. you you do repeatedly um so a lot of people um you know would be like uh i'm gonna blind myself and pour a glass of water and would mess up which of course like if you've never done it yeah you're Mm -hmm. probably going to but then that's their um 
expectation and that's what they're thinking and they're like i could never be blind i could never do this and also what does that make us look like that you know this is humorous like i really wish i would have done something like the challenge and just would have done it as me um i don't know why i didn't (laughs) think to do that at the time um but that was that was a huge thing for me it was really hard i just really did not appreciate the bird box challenge that's funny you could be like okay Bird box challenge one. I'm going to brush my teeth. And then you just brush your teeth. Bird box challenge two. I'm going to make myself lunch. And you just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to walk to the bus stop. Boom. (laughs) Exactly. Easy peasy. Perfection every time. (laughs) Like, it's not. It's not that hard. Um, Hmm. Yeah. And then in Pretty Little Liars, um, we have the character of Jenna, who... (sighs) one episode she has a guide dog and then in the rest of the episode she has a cane so i was like what is happening what is happening did it retire did it not work out i would love to know um she also had this thing where like yes like again she could like pick up on things but she wore sunglasses but again that was more because like she was burnt so Mm -hmm. that makes sense but people you know aren't gonna they don't really always put that stuff together. Um, but one thing she did was she'd like, if someone was standing there, she'd be like, I hear their breath. Hello, Spencer. Like, just <laughs> things like that. I was like, Jenna's representation in Funny Little Liars was not my my favorite representation. Right. But like, those are the two two things that I thought about. You can't tell people, tell who people are <laughs> by the way they breathe, Jenny? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. You know, I feel like that'd be a real gift. <laughs> I mean, only there are people who like make a nose whistle or something or like have a distinctive yeah. way of breathing. Yeah. But most of people, most people do not. So, yeah. yeah. Even like the other characters would be like, they kind of try to trick her or like fool her and be like, it's Jenna. She's not going to know. She can't tell if her like blouse is inside out. That was a direct quote. Just uh, like things like that no. too. I was uh. like, leave Jenna alone. Yes, I understand she's evil, but like, like, you know, just a representation and like pretty little liars. And I understand that was like a new, like a show from, it was a little older show, but still I feel like that could have been done better. Hmm. So the blind character was the evil character. Interesting. Well, not as evil. It's really complicated. Like, she just does some things. Also, she was... Yeah, spoiler alert. Jenna went blind because um, people set off fireworks in the garage when she was in there, not knowing that she was in there. So these mm. these girls actually caused Jenna to be blind. So wow. she's she's she has not evil tendencies, but there's just some tension, and I don't want to spoil the show. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. She has a right to be angry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's justified. It's justified evil. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Hilarious. Well, it sounds like we've made some progress from what you're describing in some of these older shows to all the light we cannot see. And I'm very hopeful for what this means in the future for media and for actors who are blind and actors with disabilities. I'm feeling hopeful for what's next yeah i'm really looking forward to it i think i really hope that this opens up a gateway i mean i've seen it on social media that it has a little bit but not just a gateway for conversation but a gateway towards how we can kind of continue this um 
continue along this journey of like making it more inclusive and um, having accurate representation. Yeah. Thanks, Acacia, for bringing up the topic. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks for, for talking about it. You guys brought up a lot of points that I hadn't thought of. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm anxious to hear what you both think when you finish the book. <laughs> we can have a book club conversation about that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share a podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.